Welcome, everybody, back to the Game Ball Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Mark, and uh, I am the only one remaining. <laughs> yeah, so we have no Jen tonight, um, but I am joined by her better half than... That's accurate. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> I think we hey. could all say that. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, if you were uh, watching us stream um, over on twitch.tv uh, slash gameballpod, uh, on Friday, before we record this, um, you saw one of the heartbreaking moments of doing a randomizer, um, especially when you're not like great on your routing on my end, in terms of how to finish it, is getting a message about an item you need in a place you wouldn't have checked for, or could have checked an hour ago, and probably wouldn't have checked for another 20, 30 minutes. Um, so it was just one of those uh, situations where it was just... <sighs> So um, be sure to check the VODs on that. It's a pretty good ending. Um, but anyway, we're not here to talk about Zelda. Um, we are here to talk about the other video games we've been playing. And um, as I always start off with with the guests, uh, Dan, have you been uh, playing anything? Uh, a little bit. N- not a whole lot, honestly. I've um, been mostly watching YouTube walkthroughs because I can't afford too many video games. And I live vicariously through other people. Uh, but I was playing Donkey Kong Country 2, uh, Diddy's Conquest, and it, it still blows my mind that it's Diddy's Conquest, not Diddy Kong's Quest. Yep. It, I was, oh, I think I was 34 years old when I figured that out. Was that Extra Life? That was Extra Life, yeah. yeah. Uh, it still blows my mind. I was do- yep. I've been playing that game conservatively <laughs> for 20 years, and <laughs> I didn't, I honestly didn't know that. I, I guess I can't. I don't understand English good. Um, but my, my sister was up from Florida. We had a family event to go to. And she brought her Switch up. And she was telling me she's been having trouble with... She, she's trying to beat the game. And she was having trouble with certain uh, levels and bosses. So I would jump in. I would tag in and help her out. And I've, I'm, I love that game so much that <laughs> I always try to get 100% on it. So you, you get all the bonus levels. Yeah the DK coins, all this, that, and the other thing. So I didn't go ahead and try to beat the whole game for her, but I went back to levels that she had beaten and I got, I would clear the hundred percent for her. (laughs) So it's, it's incredible that I can't remember. I I mean, I, I can barely remember what I've done the past few days, but I'll remember to a T where certain bonus levels are hidden, uh, hidden areas. Yeah. I, I don't understand what it is. I just, I, that game just stuck with me and yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's one of my all time favorite games. Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah. Two things. It's first on that point, it's always certain games like click. It's the reason why not to go back to it. Why, you know, I can be as good at a randomizer as I am because I have most of the map, like basically photographic memorized. Right. You know, going, all right, this is here, this is here, there's this many, ch-, you know, because I've played the game so much. Um, right. Before getting into randomizers, like you, I played the original game probably over 20, 30 times at least. Um, so, you know, you start to get to know where chests are and how many chests are and things. And in your case, you get to know where all the bonus levels are, where the Kong is, you know, to get when to jump for it, you know, what yep. if you need to use an enemy, what the enemy to use. So it's always interesting because I always bring up the point on this podcast every time. It's just 
how good my sister is at Sonic, despite not playing video games for long stretches of time. Yeah, that's incredible. It just becomes a muscle memory, you know, thing. Right. Um, it, the human brain is wild. It um, really is. It really is. And <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I'm sure we could talk for an hour yeah. about this subject, but, you know, a lot of people, and especially our parents, you know, growing up, they would always tell us, you know, video games can't, they're probably not great for you. And to an, uh, an extent, obviously, that's true. But they do yeah. help with muscle memory. And and it, it does help sharpen your mind certain games. So yeah. it, it's those kind of games, I think, are helpful. I mean, if you, if yeah. you do the first-person shooters, that's just kind of like mindlessly shooting people. But I've, I've heard that the, the military will have their well, certain, I guess, cadets or whatever. Yeah. They will encourage them to play call of duty yeah it's it's probably hand-eye coordination yeah there sense. you go you know you mm -hmm. know to, to be able to you know i would imagine it's probably a quick good question for brian um and next time we talk to him but you know the idea of being able to now that the uh the controllers have triggers on them you know the idea of looking and then hitting what would be a trigger yeah and timing that probably especially the modern video games, you know, would work out a lot better. And I see that they do a lot of stuff for doctors and stuff, you oh, that's know, a good with, point. with hand-eye coordination, like, like not, they're not top of the line graphics stuff, but sort of VR-ish things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they I'm can sure do the, the robot surgeries. Yeah. It probably helps steady the, the, the hands, the nerves a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting stuff. It, I mean, I doubt many surgeons are playing, Donkey Kong Country 2. No, no. You never, hey, listen, you never know. Yeah, they might they might be playing some things like that we play and uh stuff, but yeah, it's a lot of a lot of things parents were worried about in the eighties and late seventies. They yeah. found out that some some of the social stuff could be true. You know, sure. not socially interacting with real people could be a detriment. I think some parents learned that through, you know, uh the pandemic. Um, but it, all the actual physical stuff you know, as long as they're being active and going outside still at times, they actually gain stuff. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's always fun playing these games like, um, you know, and realizing, you know, that that stuff that you don't know how you remember. <laughs> and, and we're not it, it's fun to it, it's almost like old school music where you think, oh, you know, uh, the Beatles are dead or the Rolling Stones. No one listens to them. There's still people out there. Like If you go on Twitch. Yeah. And you search, you know, Legend of Zelda or like Castlevania, Donkey Kong. There are still some people out there who are, are playing these games and, you know, keeping them alive. And it, it's always fun to see that because, again, we grew up with these. So, yeah. And it and you can even equate it on the same level. I'm not a musician. Tom probably be more of an authority on this. Maybe you slightly um, let me know. But um, that the same memorization and hand-eye stuff and all that is the same as playing an instrument. Like, if you played it enough, you can just pick it up at any time and sort of still know how to play the songs you practice for hours. I think it depends on the player. Because yeah. uh, recently at the family event, my, uh, my uncle had a guitar and I was just kind of strumming it a little bit. Yeah. And I was tuning it. It's really a lot of it is uh ear like hearing it and yeah. like okay that sounds a little sharp or that's a little flat but 
you know, I'm sitting there and I'm strumming and my, my, uh, my uncle was saying, Oh, you, you're going to put on a little show for us. And I said, I don't remember anything <laughs> that I used to play. And I, I think I'm sure because certain people, if they, if they just mess around with it a little bit more can uh, continuously, they'll probably be able to do it. Me, yeah. I haven't played. And I'll, I'll tell you what ruined it was rock band and guitar hero ruined real yeah. guitar because growing up i picked up the guitar because i wanted to get chicks yeah and then you couldn't hit the long ball so you picked up an <laughs> instrument <laughs> i yeah i had warning track power uh so i picked up the guitar and that i mean spoiler alert that didn't work either but when i got to college no one cared about real guitar it's who could play Guitar Hero, Hero. <laughs> better. So I was like, okay, well, I got a head a head start on all these other, uh, you know, these other guys, yeah. and I was it, I was able to transition real guitar to fake guitar, uh, but then it ruined everything because then I was there's just, no going back. There was no going yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like that South Park episode. I think yeah. they did. I think they did exactly that. Right, the kids are playing Guitar Hero, and. Stan's dad is like, oh, well, look, you should shred on the real guitar. And he's playing like smoke on the water and whatever. Yeah. All the kids are like, that's stupid, dad. No one does that. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, finishing my uh, our, our point on this is that I would imagine the equivalent of what I it, what we were talking about with video games is the like of a touring musician who mm -hmm. maybe played the same songs over like years or like decades, not like putting it away for like two years and you just hand him a guitar and you know, you just have, uh, you know, Keith Richards just, you know, knocking out some stone songs without even thinking twice about it. No, for sure. You know, it, you know, I, I think that's going to be like when we get to grandpa age, it's yeah. going to be like, give me that Donkey Kong country too. You know, <laughs> I, that'd be great if I could play that. And I've always thought about, cause we're the generation that's kind of grown up with everything. Yeah. And, you know, when we have, you know, if we have kids, if grandkids, so on and so forth, we could be the, that generation that can keep up with the next generation yeah. of video gamers because we've we've grown accustomed to that. So it won't be like when I was playing with my dad and I would just beat the shit out of him in whatever game we played. Yeah. Like, I'll be able to hold my own potentially. I will say this from someone who has experience with uh, a niece that's really into video games. It depends on the games they play because they're playing a whole different kind of game than what we played and mm -hmm. they can kick our ass in them. Um, I, that, it's probably true. Like, I, I'm being, I mean, if uh, you played sports games or rock band or like something similar to what we played, yeah, we could probably, yeah. My one, my one cousin who's 22 years old still can't beat me in NHL, yeah, there you but go. I'm sure if we played some Roblox game or some stupid thing that I have never really played, he probably kicked my ass in it. It's I guess it's as much time as you put in there, right? Because yeah, you know, as a in my uh, late teens, early twenties, you know, we would play call again Call of Duty, Halo, and we would play that to the the you know the sun rose, and you know we were fine, we were able to hold our own, we get twenty thirty kills. But now, if I were to pick up a Halo game, I think I'd be lucky if I broke five kills, six kills online. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, because again, these kids are, I yeah. sound so old. These kids are, uh, you know, they're putting in the hours. We're not putting in the hours. Yeah. It, it's, it's fun. Um, yeah. Cause that, th this conversation leads me right into the games I've been playing. Um, 
I've mainly just been playing uh, on the console sports games, like playing through uh, FIFA came free for the PS5. Um, and I didn't realize um, until I got my uh, Series X and all that they actually made significant upgrades to the sports games for those systems and not the PC versions. Mm-hmm. Because I'm playing Madden and FIFA, and they look completely different and better, and can feel and control a lot better. But then you try to play anything online, and it's just bomb, um, losing like nine one, <laughs> you know, or not even scoring in Madden. It's just right. like oh, I tried this once, I'm done. I'll just play I, the computer, which whose ass I can kick. I, I think the game that really broke me in terms of playing online was Mortal Kombat X, where I tried a few online matches and I played this one person. I couldn't get a hit off and I just, I decided, you know, this, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. And the only other game to finish up this segment, because we do have a lot of news this week. I don't know if you've guys been paying attention for the last two weeks out there, but a lot of stuff has happened. Um, And me and Dan have been busy with life stuff, including, my niece needing to squeeze nine softball games into a 14-day period. All those doubleheaders. Because of rain. Um, no, not even doubleheaders. Nine days, like, single games. <laughs> a lot of softball. Um, uh, the only thing is I played some more Switch sports. Um, mainly bought it as a, as, as I've said in the past, I, I buy some games just to have them in case, you know, the nieces want to play it or anything. More so because, you know, I'm not sure if, you know, outside of special occasions, you know, they'll be able to get new video games and things like that. Um, so I'm like, ah, I got the 40 bucks, you know. Yeah. You know, I'll get it. And if she wants to come over and play Switch, we can. Um, but I got to say, I'm addicted to playing the bowling online. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> as, as a bowler, um, it, it is fun. Um, it's sort of getting to learn how to put the curve on it. Some people are just ridiculously good. And uh, the way the system works, I think I explained it on a previous podcast. Not sure if, if, if you would listen, Dan, but they break it up into three frames. Like the first three frames are 16 bowlers. Then they cut it in half. They okay. play the middle three, three frames. They cut that in half again. And then the final, the seven, eight, nine, uh, only the top three of five, I think it's five or six, make it to the, uh, to the, to the 10th frame. Um, okay. And then, you know, Normally, in most cases, the winner is obvious because the guy in first is usually ahead enough that nobody can catch him. Okay. Um, but, you know, so that leads you to if you, like, miss one bowl in the opening three frames, you're, like, done. You just have to restart. Oh, gotcha. Be- because everybody's thrown, like, have figured out enough of a way to get at least three strikes or two strikes in a spare. And it so just you leaves have, you in the dust. Yeah, you, just, you, you can't leave a pin up. If you play online, so I've gotten pretty consistent to get to the third round, but yeah, it's pretty fun. I haven't tried any of the other games online. To me, they seem like games that are better with people. I couldn't imagine playing volleyball by myself with a computer teammate. Yeah, um, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah, tennis is tennis. We did that with Wii Sports. Um, badminton's just basically another tennis. You know, I'm waiting for golf. I think that's the other game I'm waiting on. That'll be a free DLC down the line. Yeah, and those golf probably- and bowling are, are probably the most fun, I'd imagine. Yeah, those are the two that I'm looking forward to playing. Um, yeah, yeah, so that that's all I've been playing. Have you been playing anything else besides Donkey Kong? No, yeah, I, I don't really play all that much, honestly. Yeah. It's a, again, it's just a lot of watching YouTube. I, 
I, I as uh, we do another podcast, so they call this a movie. And uh, Dan is playing the part of me on this podcast that I play <laughs> on that podcast. Hey, you watch any movies? Nope. Yeah, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, first item as we move into news, I think one of the improvements I got to talk to Tom about is that I, we got to we got to do some um, uh, get some transition music going like live on the recording. There's a, uh, I, I don't know how you feel about promoting other podcasts on here, but I'm not, I won't do that. But uh, one of the other podcasts that I've been listening to is it, it literally just says, thank you, moving on. And then they move <laughs> on to the next. So there's no, it's just a hard transition. Yeah. Like they're talking and then all of a sudden, okay, thank you, moving on. <laughs> I want music. We got to up the production, but I'm too lazy to do it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I say that jokingly. I'm not skilled enough to do it. I tried to do it for like, our D and D podcast and stuff, and I'm like really bad at editing in sound and, and gotta, overlaying it. And not we got to get Tom off. back. We got Tom back. So anyway, um, moving on. Uh, first up, um, the news came down that the Switch um, lifetime sales has now surpassed the PlayStation Four in the United States, um, which. Uh, making it um, the sixth highest, uh, I believe the sixth, it said, highest selling um, console in the, in the United States, like over the, since probably the NES, you know, time period. So trying to get the exact number here. Um, we're probably looking close to 100 million, I would imagine at this point. Um, but yeah, for those of you out there that either weren't fully aware um, because you were too young or weren't, you know, as much into video games. The Wii U that came out before this, I think sold Lifetime like 12 million copies, like consoles. Like, the, this, these numbers the Switch are putting up are, are it's kind of ridiculous, um, coming off what they were coming off. So, um, you know, it, it gives the question, and um, I don't know uh, your, your thoughts on this or, or anything uh, with this, but... People keep claiming that they want an upgraded Switch, but the thing keeps selling. I don't know why Nintendo would spend the money to, like, you know, put better hardware in there if people are still buying it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I enjoy it a lot. I I, I get excited. I, I When I was playing the um, the game for this podcast that we were going we were gonna to discuss later, I noticed that they added, I think, like, Majora's Mask is on there now. Uh, Earthworm Jim Two is on there. Like again, I've I, I I got giddy when they added those. Oh, this is great, you know. And I'm uh, I, I've always liked Nintendo. Yeah. And they did kind of fall off with me later on in my life, but they've been able to get us back. I, I guess they've gotten a lot of people back. And they I don't know. Again, this is not my forte, so you, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. They they don't seem to take a whole lot of chances with their uh, their IP. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. I thought you were so, going to say the consoles because that would have been wrong. You're correct in terms of software. Yeah, they, they, the the games that they roll out are very safe. Uh, I guess more family friendly, right? So that, yeah. that's an easier way to get people to to join in, especially because again, the people who grew up with NES and uh, SNES are you know they have families now. They're in their 30s and 40s, so it's it's easy to get those people back uh and it's i guess it's a little cheaper right it's got to be a little cheaper than the new playstation than oh, new yeah it's definitely Xbox. cheaper no it was even 
it was even comparable, like even less than maybe the PS4 and Xbox One when it came out. There I don't know go. when they started reducing their prices, but yeah, you know. that, that's big, you know. Yeah. And with uh, people who, speaking for myself, I'm, I'm I try not to spend a ton of money, but I, again, you're you're spending less for more content, in my yeah. opinion. So it's a yeah. no brainer. Yeah, essentially, what Nintendo does and. The reason why I'm glad you pointed out software um, rather than hardware is ever since the Super Nintendo, um, they take these big swings with some kind of gimmick on the hardware. Um, And they either hit or miss. Like the N64 controller is like polarizing in terms Mm. of people to play it. Um, But that was a big, you know, having a thumbstick in the middle and, you know, the way that thing looked. Um, and going the 3D route, but staying with cartridges, like, um, they take that big swing. And then, um, you know, GameCube is sort of reverting back to trying to be a little safe, but, you know, still taking the chance with the tiny disc. And, yeah. you know, um, you know, the way that controller sort of handles. Uh, but that's all, you know, success uh, coming off. And then, obviously, the big thing with the Wii, um, where that thing could have completely tanked and been, like, Nintendo could be Sega right now, you know, and sure. just just making games and not making hardware. But that thing sells like over 120, 30, 40 something copies, million copies. Um, and it's one of the highest selling systems worldwide of all time. Mm-hmm. Then they play it safer with the Wii U, except for that giant tablet controller. where They don't do much um, with it. And that thing tanks. And then they're like, oh, why not a handheld TV like combo? Yeah, because all of our yeah. handhelds sell well, and boom, up again. And so yeah. it's just it's just crazy, because um, everybody was iffy when this was first coming out, and just to see the success it's had. It's been huge in Japan, um, mainly because they're very handheld-type society, like phones, right. and you know the handhelds sell a lot better over there because they have less, um, they commute more, and you know, uh, you know, smaller space to have stuff in. Right in their apartments. Oh, it's so, genius. Yeah, I mean, again, I, Nintendo revolutionized handheld. Right? They, I yeah. think, they had to have been the first, and maybe someone can correct me, but yeah. they had to have been the first in the uh, handheld business. Right? The portable yeah. business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Game Boy was probably one of the first. There's probably other ones that weren't yeah. as successful um, or were too ambitious for the technology. Maybe, yeah. Um, but Game Boy was the first one that I think, you know, held serve. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd be remiss as people were probably thinking about yelling or writing in tweets and stuff. They did have the Virtual Boy oh, between yeah. the SNES and the N64, which was awful. And I think only released like 23 games or some low number like that. Yeah, um, it's a very small library. Yeah, but that was a big swing at VR. Yeah. You know, that completely failed because some reason they chose the color red. And um, that was that was marketed as uh portable as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that it thing was just was so clunky. Yeah, it was just, you know, they always take big swings and but they're never as always the most powerful because Nintendo is a cheap company. They will use the last generation chips and you know, CPUs and things like that. Yeah. Um to save a little money. So they'll never be like power wise matched up, but they'll like this being a hybrid is the gimmick that makes it keeps them 
in the same money stratosphere as as Sony and Xbox. You know? Definitely. So it was, it was cool to see this news pop up. Um, I think this came out last Friday. Um, so yeah, moving on to um, uh, some, you know, I guess it, yeah, it partially switch news. Um, uh, Fall Guys, uh, the that weird like wipeout type survival thing where you run through obstacle courses and you know only a certain amount of people qualify. I don't with the little like hot dog looking people. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so that's going free to play now, which begs the question to most of you out there: going, I thought it was already free to play. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, this game was one of those that was free with PS Plus, kind of like Rocket League, and a lot of people got it at that point. Um, but the real game was sold for a while. But uh, they got bought by Epic, um, so they're going free to play, just like Rocket League did when that got bought. And it, it coincides with the launch on Switch and uh, the upgraded consoles, PS5 and Series X. So for those of you that um, like Fall Guys, still playing it, I'm sure it's still going strong like Rocket League, where I'm assuming it's found a fan base in the teen, preteen, adolescent thing um where it's not in the zeitgeist for like people our age or you know or slightly younger than um but yeah so if you guys are interested out there never tried it before it's free to play obviously there's going to be all that money stuff where they're going to sell you cosmetics and you know you can make your guy look like the terminator or something stupid um but it's like 6.99 so be on the lookout for that stuff but the game is fun I've had a lot of fun with the time I played the game. We played it on Extra Life before. Um, you know, clunky controls a little bit. Once you get used to them, they're great. Um, so, yeah. So, that all launches um, in June. Uh, June 21st, to be precise. And um, they're adding cross-play and cross-progression. So, you can hop back and forth. Um, if you have a, if you had it on an old system, you can... Like PS4, you can bring it to PS5 and still be good. So, yeah, for that... Um, Speaking of other games, um, that made a slight appearance at um, our Extra Life um, for like two seconds. Uh, Norman Reedus has announced that they are uh, making a Death Stranding sequel. Oh, God, really? Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> because, because Norman Reedus is in the movie industry where they announce these things without really being secretive. Somebody asked him, he was like, oh, yeah, we've been working on a second one. I thought that game kind of bombed. No, uh, the yes and no. Okay. Um, it made probably a lot of money up front because of Kojima, um, and people just buy it because it's Kojima. Um, so it probably made a lot of money up front, and then the remaster actually improved the game, like the not the remaster, like the the upgrade. Um, you know, he he called it something else. Oh no, they called it the director's cut, but he was pissed off about that. He's like, because I didn't cut anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, which is a very Japanese. Uh, directors to say it's like no why are you going to directors cut i didn't cut anything out um but yeah so uh the sequel is happening um or at least they're working on something with it um so if there is anything to be announced you'll either hear about it at the summer games show or fest whatever it's called um in june or you'll hear about it at the game awards in december so um be on the lookout for that is this is the uh pitfall of hiring hollywood actors is that they don't know certain things are supposed to be kept secret. Maybe he got the okay. Maybe they gave him the click. If you want to talk about it, talk about it. Yeah, kind of get uh, people hyped up. True, true. But uh, I'm going with the 100% honest that Norman Reedus doesn't give a fuck. 
and just answered the question. <laughs> Uh, that's funny because I can't imagine where were people really like clamoring for when you talk to Norman Reedus, the first thing you don't think about is the first thing you think about is not Death yeah. Stranding usually. Yeah. With Norman Reedus, it's one of three things. It depends on where you encounter him. You either go Boondock Saints or yeah. you go Walking Dead or Death Stranding if the video game is the only, or Silent Hills if you're going video game wise, like that PT thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So like. This game is only if you've encountered if you don't watch any other media, you're like, oh, Norman Reedus, the guy from Death Stranding, um, <laughs> probably has been uttered by somebody. Uh, but yeah, it, maybe he also has a TV show coming out that will be advertised on the toilets, like his show Ride was for on Death Stranding one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but either way, um, I think he, I think he might have got the okay that hey, uh, we're not NDAing you, you know. No non-disclosure. Someone asks you, just say yeah. Just don't give them any details. Right. Yeah. That's just keep it really bare bones. Yeah. So that's out. Uh, speaking of um, people involved with the game, um, revealing something. This one is in honor of Tom, um, the uh, the director of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, says Square will have some news to share um, about Final Fantasy VII in the next month. Um, cool. So we're all hoping that it's remake part two, um, uh, because the 35th anniversary of I think it's 35th of Final Fantasy in general, if my math's correct, because that would have been 87. It's 35 years ago. Yeah, because we're going to be 37, or I'm going to be 37. Um, don't don't rush me there, Mark. All right, I still <laughs> got a couple years left. So yeah, for the 35th anniversary of, of Final Fantasy, um, they're having some event. Um, so it could be anything. Um, it could be any of the side projects, but I would imagine it would be just a, a brief glimpse into remake part two. Um, you know, it's, so Tom's going to have a, a predicament on his hand, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, he's got to split his time between his kid, Final Fantasy, and his love of records. Yeah. Yeah. It's I a mean, lot. It's a lot to yeah, juggle. The good news is the kid will be like five by the time this game comes out. So, <laughs> so they'll be able to take care of themselves. Yeah, yeah they, they can watch themselves. Um, <laughs> Daddy's going to go play Final Fantasy for he'll a few Play the hours. game with the guy with the big sword. He'll be back. <laughs> Figure it out yourself, kid. Yeah, you got it. You can open the fridge, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the only guy will probably be talking about this next month um, when it pops up. I'm just interested to see if they'll have a release date or a release window or something, essentially. Is what is what I'm looking for here. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. He said this on a stream. They were showing off uh, whatever the side uh, is. It in the story here. Uh, yeah, they were doing the Final Fantasy VII First Soldier, the mobile game um, that's out there. They were doing a stream of that. Um, so he uh, he released it there. So yeah. Um, so moving on. Um, I don't mind Game Ball Cat in the background. She I was just say up. someone. Sounds like someone might be hungry. No, she's got food. She, for some reason, woke up and started crying. So, no. anyway, our next game is something that started off as a joke, uh, but is apparently now going to release sometime in the summer. Um, Hooked on you uh, from the uh, makers of the Cap Colonel Sanders uh, game um, is going to be making a dating simulator for Dead by Daylight. Um, so, yeah. This is actually happening. They announced it at the sixth anniversary thing, and uh, Dan, I think that's the next video game your household is going to be purchasing. 
Yeah, pro- I guess I should uh, watch my back now. <laughs> I've got competition. Yep, yep. You have the, yeah, you have the, I don't know which killer this is, but on the beginning, it's like someone, one of those old timey 1920s males bathing. Oh, like the the, like the, with, the, with the stripes, stripes on them? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, so um, be on the lookout there. Well, um, that, that kind of reminds me of, I, I was talking to a coworker today, and we were, we were talking about how, like, in the 90s, they made comic book characters into these, uh, like, pinup models. So I guess you could do that with anything, but I don't know if making killers sexy is necessarily a... Uh, a, a, you know, a necessity in the world right now. Well, I, uh, as I mentioned, the huntress joke. I may or may not want her to step on me. So, oh well. dear lord, <laughs> uh, we're we're never getting out of horny jail. Nope, nope. You 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 upped us to maximum security horny jail with raw force. Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah, you now everything is is just leaking over to all of the you know to all the mediums mediums that we're doing um so um the reason i rushed through kind of these a little bit is because um, i'm going to be doing a lot of reading for the next one um playstation um announced their um playstation plus um upgrades um so you're going to have essential which is the playstation plus that you have now you get the two free games you get to play online nothing changes same price everything the same but if you wanted to upgrade they have extras and premium um so essentially um from what i understand from this and i'll just read off a whole bunch of games if you just go to the extra like the second level which i may or may not decide to do um you get access to like almost all the first party um games that have been released um for playstation 5 um and in some cases playstation 4 um and then the the premium tier gets you the uh, classic games like PS2, PS1, and streaming PS3 games. Because without getting technical into all that, what they use to make the PS3 is just so bonkers and different than anything else that's ever been made that it's really hard to emulate on a current console. Um, like computers even have a hard time with it. Um, so yeah, everybody's got to stream it. So your PlayStation Studio games that will be at launch or around launch. Um, you have Alien Nation, Bloodborne, Concrete Genie, Days Gone, uh, Dead Nation, Apocalypse Edition, uh, Death Stranding and the Death Stranding Director's Cut, um, Demon Souls, um, the remake, um, Destruction All-Stars, Everyone's Golf, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, which is the samurai game, um, God of War, uh, Gravity Rush, Gravity Rush Remastered, Horizon Zero Dawn, um, infamous First Light and Second Sun, uh, the game everybody wants, Knack, um, uh, Little Big Planet 3, uh, Loco Roco and Loco Roco 2, the remasters, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, um, Matterfall, Medieval, Patapon, Patapon 2, the remasters, Rezogun, Returnal, Shadow of the Colossus, Tearaway, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, and The Last of Us Left Behind, um, Until Dawn, The Uncharted, The Nathan Drake Collection, Uncharted 4, Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, uh, Wipeout, The Omega Collection. So those are the first party PS PlayStation Studio games that will be there at launch that you can just... I haven't figured out if you download it like um, PS Plus and you keep them, or if it's more like a Game Pass where 
if they take it off this service, it's gone. Uh, but yeah, it's a whole lot of games to start out. Um, uh, these probably won't go away because they're PlayStation Studios games, you know. Um, but uh, the reason I'm thinking of upgrading um, is just because if I buy the yearly, which would be $100, um, there's like four to six games in here that I would want to play and purchase, and they would all cost me combined. It would spend way over $100 um, to get them all. So, like, I don't have Miles Morales yet, you know, uh, goes to Shishima, uh, you know, Returnal, and, and just things like that um, on there. The third-party games, um, where some of the other games I want, you have Ashen uh, from Annapurna. You have uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, which will be coming later because... Um, Something I left out, Ubisoft Plus, which is their streaming service, um, is coming to uh, PlayStation Plus. Um, so you get all the old Ubisoft games there. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight, uh, Celeste, City Skylines, Control Ultimate Edition, um, which if you haven't played Control yet, play that one because it fixes the map, which was a bad thing with the launch game. Uh, Dead Cells, Far Cry 3, and Far Cry 4. Um, both of those are coming with the Ubisoft Plus. Thing. Uh, Final Fantasy 15, um, For Honor, Hollow Knight, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Mortal Kombat 11, um, Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, um, that's Naruto, so um, NBA 2K22, which is what I'm surprised at, um, Outer Wilds, Red Dead Redemption 2, um, Resident Evil, Soul Calibur 6, South Park, The Fractured Butthole, um, The Artful Escape, the Crew 2, and Tom Clancy's The Division. So as I mentioned, all those Ubisoft games are going to be coming later. Um, not 100% sure if one or two of them might be in there, but um, they're all definitely becoming Ubisoft Plus comes. And then just real quick, the classic catalog, which isn't as impressive, um, but also, you know, Sony hasn't really been one to like um, to put a lot of their classic stuff on there. Um, also, there's licensing issues with some games, but um, from PlayStation Studios, you have uh, Ape Escape, uh, High Shots Golf, um, IQ, uh, which is Intelligence Cube, um, Jumping Flash, Siphon Filter, um, you know, Poor Man's, um, you know, Metal Gear, and, you know, I can't think of it. Yeah, that um, sounded familiar. Siphon, yeah, Siphon, Siphon, Siphon Filter. Filter was big um, when it first came out. It was the first one where you could shoot the lights out. That's right. You know, and then the other, well, that's the other Sam game. Sam Fisher. Was that the guy's name, Sam no, Fisher? No, that's the other one that I can't think of. Oh, okay. Um, Sam Fisher. People are probably yelling at me right now. but um, I can't remember myself. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Super Stardust Portable, which is the only PSP game on here. Um, third party, you have Mr. Driller. You have Tekken 2, uh, which I don't get some of these because PlayStation Classic has the better games on there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Tekken 3 is the better Tekken, despite how terrible I am at Tekken. Um, so maybe it's coming later, but, uh, yes, Tekken 2. You know, um, I've, I've never played a single Tekken game. I played the first three, um, and then, you know, fell off fighting games because I'm terrible at them. Yeah, I've, um, I've always just been like, I think it's really just Mortal Kombat for me. I, I played Street Fighter 2, but that, everything else is Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, fighting games are weird for me because I, I do enjoy playing them, but, uh, I'm pretty bad. Um, They're so difficult. Yeah. Um, uh, Worms World Party and Worms Armageddon um, are on there. Um, and then the this is the weird one. Um, 
they they have the classic games catalog, but these are things that were remastered for the PS4. So you're getting the PS4 editions, not the original edition. Um, so those are Ape Escape 2, uh, Ark the Lad, Twilight of Spirits, Dark Cloud and Dark Cloud 2, uh, Fantavision, Hot Shots Tennis, which I didn't realize there was a Hot Shots Tennis, um, Jack 2, Jack 3, Jack X Combat Racing, Jack and Dexter, the, pro, uh, the Precursor Legacy, Rogue Galaxy, Siren, and Wild Arms 3. Um, the third parties are a little better, um, but I don't know how these remasters are. You have Bioshock Remastered, Borderlands The Handsome Collection, uh, Bulletstorm Full Clip, Kingdom of Amalar Re-Reckoning, um, which is actually pretty good, um, that game, uh, and the Lego Harry Potter Collection. And then there's a whole bunch of games for PS3 that are streaming. Um, I'll go through them real quickly. Um, uh, Crash Commander, Crash Commando, uh, Demon Souls, the original, not the remake that you would get for the, on the second tier. Um, Echo Chrome, Hot Shots Golf, Out of Bounds, and Hot Shots Golf World. Um, Eco, Infamous 1 and 2, uh, and Festival of Blood. Uh, Loco Roco, uh, Coco Ryoko. Um, I just love saying the full name of that game. Um, Motorstorm Apocalypse, Motorstorm RC. Uh, Tom, probably excited about that. Um, Puppeteer, Rain, uh, three Ratchet and Clank games, A Quest for Booty, A Crack in Time, and Into the Nexus. Um, Resistance 3, um, Super Stardust, the PS3 version, um, Tokyo Jungle, and When Vikings Attack. Um, I think all these were also on the PS Now, which is a service that everybody has forgotten about. Um, and then finally, um, we have the uh, third-party games, uh, Ashura's Raft, Castlevania Lord of Shadows 2, Devil May Cry HD Collection, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, uh, Fear, Lost Planet 2, Ninja Kaiden Sigma 2, and Red Dead Redemption, Undead Nightmare. Ooh, uh, so one. you get the DLC and not the original game, uh, <laughs> which is weird. Um, and then they're doing time limits for new games. So as of right now, you can do um, the Uncharted uh, Legacy of Thieves Collection, Horizon Forbidden West, Cyberpunk Farming Simulator 22 for some odd reason, um, Tiny Tina Wonderlands, and WWE 2K22. Um, unlike the dumb EA one, um, you only get two hours of the of the demo essentially um, before I decide to buy it. it. The EA service lets you play for ten hours, so for a lot of sports games, you can pretty much decide if you want to purchase it pretty easily um, there. So. Yeah. yeah, that's about it. The uh, services, if I remember correctly, um, are, I'm trying to see if they have the exact price. No, um, probably have to watch these videos. Um, but they are three tiers. Um, like I said, the middle one, just to give you an idea, is $100 a year. I think this next highest is like maybe $120, $125 a year. Um, they do offer monthly, but I would recommend if you're doing these things and you know you're going to play them, um, like, and... I would get the yearlies just because they're going to be cheaper over the year. If you just want to try them out, I would do them. Uh, but yeah, so that was the big news. We've been waiting for this to drop. Um, it'll come to um, America on June 13th. So right after what would be technically E3 um, time period. So yeah, that'll. Um, I know there's a lot of reading on my part, but I want to get all that information out. Um, any thoughts on it, Dan, at all while I take a drink? There are some games that sound interesting. I, I'm not going to play any of them. I, I won't 
have time for any of that, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if it sounds like a good deal to me, if uh, yeah, it, it if really you have comes the money. To, yeah, it really comes down to um, you know um, the reason why I'm considering doing it. I may not in the long run because I've considered to do a lot of things that we've known from the movie podcast, um, and then don't do it. Um, it's just because I think in my head, which is why I pay for the EA thing yearly, because I would be buying those games anyway. So if I'm paying $60 a year, you know, and I would yeah, buy three well take games advantage anyway, of it. Yeah. You know, I'm saving $120 a year. Right. Um, it's worth it. it. Yeah. Um, would be for the, the four to six games here. Um, but I could also wait for those to go on super sale. Um, and get them for all under a hundred dollars too. Sure. Like I don't, I don't need to play them, but yeah, this is a good deal for anyone that wants to, has a lot of time and wants to catch up on a lot of PS4 and PS5 games they've missed. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's about it. It's it. This is the only difference is, is I think they were thinking of this as a competitor to game pass for Xbox. And I don't think it hits that mark um, because Xbox has one thing. This will not is that Xbox puts their Xbox game studios um, I feel like I said Xbox way too much in that sentence. Um, <laughs> they do their their game studios, like their first party games, day and date. Like when they release, they go on Game Pass. Um, okay. There's no trial or anything like that. Um, so that's the one advantage that drops. So if you only have PlayStation, this is a good deal. Um, if you have both, um, you know, Game Pass is still a ridiculous deal. Like essentially I got my... I got my uh, Series X, and I have not purchased the game for it. I just plan off the games that are on Game Pass. Um, yeah, I, but that's a good idea, though. That, I think yeah. that's what it's kind of made for, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, buying the way I did this, they give you two years um, of Game Pass, theoretically for free, but not really, you know, because you pay a little bit extra um, than if you would have just bought it outright. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I was paying for Game Pass anyway, so... If they're going to give me two free years, then I will take it. Um, but yeah, I think Game Pass is still the overall better deal. Um, it definitely goes uh, Game Pass. This goes above the Nintendo service, unless you really like classic games. Um, because um, their service for like $50 a month doesn't come anywhere close to touching either of these two services. Um, uh, so, Or $50 a year, whatever it is. Either way. Even for half the price of the second tier here, this blows it out of the water. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Let us know what you think um, in on Twitter over at Game Vault Pod. Um, we'd love to know what you're thinking. If you're going to um, upgrade your PlayStation Plus, or you're just going to keep it the same and just get the two free games each month. I'm curious at uh, what it'll do for the quality of those free games because sometimes, every so often, a, a game comes out of nowhere on there, like FIFA 22 did, um, uh, that you wouldn't expect on there. So we'll check that out. Um, Dan, um, I think it's time to transition into our topic, which we'll be real quick about. Um, sure. Don't want to hold you here too long because um, we got to get to the, the meat of, of why you're specifically on here, um, I guess. But I thought we'd just chat a little bit um, about the, the genre um, for this week's uh, Retro Roulette game, um, which is platformers. Um, as it's been... Mentioned a bunch of times on here, I am pretty awful at them, but I play a lot. So I do have, um, I would like to go over like uh, some of our favorites and uh, some of them that you, if you have one that you just don't get, 
that a lot of people seem to love. Um, and this can be 2D, 3D, anywhere you go. I'll cool. start off, if just to give you an idea, for the negative one, and then we can go to yours. Um, like, my negative one is I never really got Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. Um, I, okay. I, like, maybe it's because I had Mario 64 and, you know, loved that game and just thought this was, like, a lesser version of that. Um, I know some Banjo-Kazooie people are probably freaking out about it. Um, but, yeah, never really got into it. And it's one of the rare platformers that I didn't really... I played a little bit of it and didn't really give it a chance. Um, not much more to elaborate. I just want to give you a good example of what I mean by that. Um, so, yeah, if you... Um, yeah, what, what, what are your thoughts? We'll start it generally. Um, what are your, your thoughts on platformers in general? And do you have a favorite um, outside of, let, let's just say, we'll save the Donkey Kong talk for the next segment, but sure, uh, any sure. other ones? Yeah, uh, I, I grew up on platformers like yourself and many other listeners, I'm sure. Uh, I'm a fan of them if they're done well. Uh, I, you know what? That, that's a good question. Like, what's a bad platformer that I like that? Yeah, we could go either way. A bad one that you're like, I will defend this one. I will die on this hill. Mm. That would be interesting. But more so, if you have one that like you, your friends loved, but you played and was like, I, I, this just isn't for me sort of reaction. I don't know if you have one of those. You know, not off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, growing up, I played the, like the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game, like side-scrolling platformer. Uh, Aladdin was a platformer. Uh, Which one did you have? I had the Super Nintendo one. Oh, so you had the one that was the better playing one, but worse soundtrack. Yes. Yeah, that that game was fun. Uh, What else? DuckTales. I like DuckTales for the NES. Uh, But yeah, I I mean, some of my favorites. It's going to sound very cliched, but you're going to go with your Castlevanias, your Mega Mans. Uh, again, Donkey Kong. I, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast. Earthworm Jim. I, I love how quirky and uh, how how different and unique that one is. And uh, recently, in the past uh, ten years, there is a two D platformer that I, I never got to play, but I loved watching. Uh, it's it was called Blasphemous. And oh, okay. I, I, have you heard of that one, Mark? I've heard of it. I haven't seen much of it. It's a it's a very paint by the numbers type of platformer, but it's it's steeped in religion, and the the enemies and the bosses are all like nightmare creatures. But the way that the 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 animation is done and the the character concepts are done are very very gothic, uh, very creepy. Like I th- I think one of the bosses you fight is a giant holding a giant baby and it's it's craziness uh you you fight like a giant uh barbed wire monster it's it's very out there but and i just i love unique platformers like that like i said earthworm jim uh even like donkey kong is very unique um and the the first two i love i could play forever and what i liked about those were and i I don't want to get too much into it because we're going to talk about a little bit later but i just like how to me, those games have so much replay value. Um, but yeah, I, I grew, like I said, I grew up on platformers. That was the first piece of gaming or the, the first genre of gaming that I was introduced to as a child yeah. with with uh, Super Mario Bros. Right. That I think 
yourself, myself, a lot of our friends, anyone that I know who's played video games was brought up on platformers. Yeah, yeah. And on my my end, um, to reiterate a lot of that stuff, uh, I think my favorite platformer, um, I, I was, it's more as I got older, um, I started to really appreciate Super Mario World. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I was a Sonic kid at the time. Um, I got my Super Nintendo late. Um, so I was more, I had, you know, all three Sonics. I had the Sonic and Knuckles thing that you opened and put the Sonic 3 in. Um, so I was, I was much more like comic books and anime, not anime, uh, cartoons. Um, you know, so I didn't really appreciate, um, you know, uh, Super Mario World till later, but yeah, those, I, I like a lot more of those, not tough, but like sort of demanding a little bit. Um, maybe that's a stronger word than tough, but you know, a platformer where it's based on your skill and your memorization mm-hmm. um, more so than something like in a more recent um, era, like a Super Meat Boy or Celeste, um, where that stuff just seems to be wanting to punish you for making the slightest mistake. Yeah. Um, those those are kinds of, of newer platformers that I don't really get into. But I think generally what we're talking about, um, when we talk about platformers and the ones we like and all are, are those classic um, 8-bit, 16-bit ones. Like, we all have our weird ones. Like, you have Blasphemous. Um, I have one called Mighty Bomb Jack, um, which I played because, um, as I said before, my, um, my uh, mentally handicapped cousin um, loved Nintendo, like NES specifically. Never really grew past it. Um, and she had, like, 30 or 40 games. So some things she had, like, some of these weird ones, and Mighty Bomb Jack was one. And essentially, it was a, a platformer where you would jump on something and then jump, and then it would change into like a coin or points or something. Um, and then if you collect a certain amount of coins, everything went away, and you could knock it over, sort of like a star in Mario. Um, but I didn't learn, and this is a funny thing, which is why a lot of these older games had these little quirks you would never think of. Um, it had like a, a purgatory section, quote-unquote. If you collected if you stole enough of a certain coin it would like throw you in a room and you had to survive for 60 seconds um without dying and to leave the room um and it was just it was just weird and fun but it was a platformer i played over and over again never really got past um you know uh, much of the uh, second you know second or third level but i would keep playing it um and yeah i think I think it's one thing a lot of maybe Roblox is is a similar thing. I haven't really dived into it, but the NES era, um, especially, there were a lot of because those were the easy ones to make, and the um, you know a lot of people just made them. Um, mm-hmm. So you had a wide variety of good, bad, terrible, short, but still cost eighty bucks or whatever. Um, you know, Strider being a great example of that the game's 74 minutes long um but cost 70 dollars back in 1980 something um so i think missing that 8-bit error growing up there people don't have a lot of um you know um uh, knowledge of what uh, why we get excited about these these new takes on platformers nowadays um i don't know outside of a blasphemous did you have any like weird like licensed one games that you played uh, <sighs> No, not not recently. 
Now, right. Like back, did, did you did you play Batman? Oh yeah, for like the, the, NES. the, the NES. Oh yeah, yeah. Love that game. That yeah. game was so hard. But but like talk about a soundtrack, man. That that soundtrack was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I sometimes I find myself listening to the soundtrack if I'm driving like home or somewhere far. I'll put on you know I'll just put on random playlists and I'll have the the Batman NES soundtrack on there. <laughs> That's great. great. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that to Ninja Gaiden. Uh yeah. again, brutal. So hard, but it, it's it, it's it was almost I don't want to say revolutionary, but yeah. man, uh, when when you beat those games or if you beat a level, you felt a level of accomplishment that you don't necessarily feel in today's games. Yeah, the closest equivalent is Dark Souls. I, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, the beating your head against something for so long and then when you finally like either in dark souls you beat the giant boss or in like a ninja gaiden you beat the level like the the whatever dash like four beat the boss in there Mm -hmm. um that sort of you know both excitement and relief like you beat it and you instead of like going like fist pumping girl you're just like whoo yeah (laughs) (laughs) moving on it's done oh we're done um, you know, uh, sort of like because those games were a lot of those games, and this goes for anything outside of probably sports games. Um, for that era, even though some of them needed a lot of time to learn because they didn't know how they would want to do sports on on the NES. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the great Madden story that he wouldn't put his name under anything that wasn't eleven on eleven football. Um, so they told him to figure it out. He told the the the, uh, the designers. Um. But they were all designed because it was meant, the thought was that it was kids. So it's like, all right, kids have a lot of time on their hands. Right. You know, you know, we make this not like impossible in the good games. There are some bad games that are virtually almost impossible. Yeah. Um, but there's a reason why they're bad games. But the, like, like Mario and all that, um, you know, the reason why we don't give you continues and, and like checkpoints and stuff like that is because, all right, you lose all your lives on, like level four four and we send you back to four one you're like all right well i know what these levels look like i'm you know and a kid would just keep plowing forward yeah um and, and finally beat it um th- there's a reason why they say when people talk about hard um they mention that a lot of people our age mention nes hard um because a lot of those and it and some people can mean it a bit differently what i when i say it means is that a lot of those games didn't have save cartridges like there was no battery to save the game, right? So you had to beat it in one sitting. Um, it, you know, in most cases, um, you know, Mario has the the secret thing where if you hit start in A or something, you start on the last level you were on um, instead of going back to one one. Um, but I think once you power off, that eliminate that gets erased. Uh, but yeah, a lot of those password systems. If you lose a password, you have to start at the beginning. You know writing those down um can't tell you how many notebooks i had full of bases loaded passwords um after each game you get a different password um so but yeah i think i think a lot of things that have changed is that and i don't think people notice this without thinking of it on a wide scale i mean platformers are a great example of this a nice little focus um for this point is that the the advent of save games memory cards checkpoints and all that stuff came about as the first generation of gamers grew up 
and would have less time. So the, at least in my opinion, I might be completely off base with this, but something I always thought is that they learned how to do a lot of these saved games because they're like, all right, as we get more technology, we're going to make these games longer. So we're going to have to have some kind of save system. Yeah. Um, because nobody's going to sit for 30 straight hours, you know, to beat, you know, Final Fantasy VI. And I, um, I remember some games, I, what I would, I would play for a few hours and just walk away and leave the game on, yeah. you know, and come back to it maybe two, three hours later and continue playing and then just see how far I got. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it, it became a point as the as the median age of gamers rose. The it's I don't think there's any coincidence that a the length of games rose mm-hmm. um, or, or I should say the, the amount of content in games rose, not the length, because depending on how good you are, it could take you 30 hours to beat Mario over the course of a weekend. That's true. Yeah. When it's really just like a two hour game at, you know, right. You know, when, you know, and probably under an hour, under a half hour, like Ninja Gaiden is like 30 minutes. If you're good at it. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Those NES games were all like a half yeah. hour, but they yeah, were but so they, difficult. Yeah. They would, would take, take a while. So they yeah, were like, all right, take you all weekend. We're starting to get into preteens and teens. So RPGs and longer story games. All right. We're going to need, ways to save it all right batteries but those batteries run out what else yep. you know and it just kind of progressed to where now everything's a checkpoint you know and mm. you know thank god for that as an older gamer um of course yeah but it's kind of funny to track that and then on uh, i always use platformers as as that central nexus point sort of thing where you know the first time any of that happened is when super mario world put in well they had to save batteries by that point um but super mario world put in the midpoint the checkpoint yeah that little small small bar yeah um and sort of um let them have longer levels because super mario 3's levels are pretty short very yeah I, I was surprised how short they were going back playing it you yeah. know like a year or two ago like oh yeah the, the, the levels are very quick yeah, so putting that midpoint on them, let them do more. And then they saw that and they're like, oh, we can do even more if we like have a dedicated save thing. You know, and then you start seeing a lot of games with A, B, and C save slots. Yep. You know, Super Mario World has that, but there are probably games before that. I'm not saying it's the first or anything. Um, so, well, RPGs did that as well. Um, but that was because those games, even back then, were 30, 40, 50 hours. Yep. Um, so they needed it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think just just sort of focusing us back into to platformers, I think there is such a wide variety of them, 2D and 3D, that I think it's one of the best um, entry points for gamers, in my opinion. My niece got really into games by essentially beating 75% of Mario Odyssey on her own um, at like seven years old. Um which we go, oh, that's so young. And I'm like, oh, wait, I was playing Mario 3 at that age, you know. Right. Like, you know, it's because you think the games have gotten so complicated. You're like, well, those games were probably complicated for our parents. Right. Know? It was because it was totally different. Yeah. They'd never seen something like but, that. So, But the young brains are, you know, molding and, you know, learning things much quicker than, than as you get older. That to them, it's like, oh, I get this now. And, blah, 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 and then they can beat it. She still had trouble on some of the you know, more complicated um, boss fights. But yeah. that was just because she couldn't, she didn't get the, the you know, um, didn't understand pattern. 
<laughs> yeah, because you know, it was your uh, first game. And but, I, th- I think what makes platformers so uh, so intriguing for younger gamers is it's it it's such a simple concept. You're literally going from left to right, yeah, up and down, da- like up and down on platforms. So yeah. it's it's very simple. It's easy to get a hang of. Like you said, you just need to get the timing of certain aspects. Yeah, and and even in the 3D sense, it's it's still essentially the same thing. Um, yeah, it's all it's all about learning patterns and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I think everybody always says, um, and I get in trouble for, I mostly jokingly from our friends about this when it's like, what, what game do you introduce them to? Um, and I think it's different than like music. I think you have to find the more recent looking thing that is equal to what you want them to learn. Like Mario Odyssey, for example, you want them to learn 3d Mario games. Don't give them 64. They're... (laughs) They're going to get frustrated by it yeah. because it's not like anything else. Um, yeah, the camera that, angles are difficult in that. Yeah, that are, you know, give them. And then if you want to go, hey, you know, there's this older game that I used to play and try to make it a bonding experience. You know, it's the point I always make. Like if I was my kid was playing Zelda, I would first see if they like a if they want to do 2D or 3D. And if they want to do more of the 2D, I would introduce them to Link to the Past first because you know, it has a, a lot more, you know, it has a save and quit feature and, you know, all that. Um, that is a little bit more um, easier to follow um, than, than the original game, you know. And I think that's the same with Mario. Um, and with 3D, uh, Zelda's, I would show them Breath of the Wild first. I wouldn't even, you know, because you know, I think they'll have more fun with that. Yeah. Because, you know, everything, it's more about getting them to like it. Um, you know, with music... You can have your kids listen to, you know, or at least our generation would have been our dad showing us, you know, Zeppelin and the Doors and Stones and Beatles, you know, right, and all that. It would be like us showing our kids like Green Day, Nirvana, Metallica, you know. Sure. Um, you know, you can go, this is good music here, and then they can find music similar and on their own nowadays. Um, but because music's so universal, um, you don't have to ease them in with newer stuff um i don't know i'll off on the tangent there with that but but i think that's that's why i i really decided i couldn't really think of a topic this week and then you know just the suggestion came up amongst our group with the game that we're going to move on to now um just about platformers and we talk about them a lot here but i don't know if we ever went into a deep dive like me and you just did on it um instead of just picking our best and worst just talk about it in general and um I will say last thing, um, if you got one more you want to talk about, feel free. Um, if anybody out there wants to try a really weird and quirky, I mention this all the time, and I played it on stream a few times, NES game, there is a Bugs Bunny game called Bugs Bunny's 50th uh, Birthday Party Blowout, um, which is just essentially a Bugs Bunny game where he goes around and fights the other Looney Tunes. Um, like it's, a, it's a side-scrolling platformer. You know, he has a hammer for some reason, and it's just the weirdest game ever. You fight, you fight Daffy at one point, um, and all, all the other, I guess, quote-unquote villains um, of that world. But, you know, you can always find a gem. Just go to your Uncle Vim on Google, um, and you can find a good platformer. Do you, have, do you have any other thing to add before we move on to Retro Roulette, Dan? No, no, I think, that, I think we covered it. Uh, platformers mm-hmm. are... I, I, it's it's a staple of the video game genre, and I, I enjoyed how you know I, I brought up Blasphemous, and it, 
you know, it's 2D style. I think Sh- uh, Shovel Knight is another one yeah. that's 2D. That's a platformer uh, of recent, you know, again, past yeah. 10 years. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I like how they sometimes the uh, the old stuff is still the best stuff. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always need to be crazy 3D and, uh, you know, like all these gimmicks. It's just sometimes a nice 2D side scroller platformer is uh, it's the way to go. It, it hits the spot. Yeah. Yeah, and speaking of platformers and, and at least um, series that hit the spot for you, um, this week's Retro Roulette game was um, Donkey Kong Country 3. It was Dixie's game. I forget the name. It has a big, long name like all the rest of them. <laughs> like, um, I think it's kind of a pun like Diddy's Conquest. Yeah. Um, Double Trouble, I think. Double uh, Trouble because of Dixie, her big chaos. Yeah, Dixie's Double Trouble. <laughs> um, and Baby Kong is in it, I think. He's called Kit- Baby Kong. Kitty Kit- Kong. Kitty Kong. Yeah. Kitty Kong. Um, yeah. So um, I will uh, let you start off. Um, um, I'm going to grab something to drink, but you can just let the audience know um, just your history with Donkey Kong and, you know, just lead it into uh, what you remember playing of three. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, again, as a kid, uh, one of my first games that I got for the Super Nintendo was Donkey Kong Country, the, uh, the the first Donkey Kong Country, and I was blown away by the graphics of it at the time. Uh, gameplay was very simple. Again, just side-scrolling platformer, jumping on the bad guys' heads, going through the, the, the world map, beating bosses. It, it's very linear, very linear game, but I just at the time, I loved... The like the way Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong look, the environments were were very colorful, very different, right? You you would go through jungles, mountains, mines. Uh, the aquatic game, uh, the aquatic levels were were fun. The the soundtrack was was great. I loved the soundtrack, a lot of fun. Uh, and then a few years later, maybe like two three years later, uh, Diddy's Conquest came out, Donkey Kong Country two, and there's no Donkey Kong in it, but it's Diddy and uh, Dixie Kong. And for me, that's the best game in the series. I loved that game. I, I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the, the podcast, but because they, they they put in some new ideas where, you know, you have the hidden game rooms, the bonus rooms, and you're collecting coins, uh, the Donkey Kong coin, the DK coin. It, just, it, it made something to aspire to. Uh, I love the gameplay between Diddy and Dixie. Uh, I was, I'm a huge fan of Dixie. I think she was OP in that game because she could fly around with her hair. She would do the the helicopter thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just, I love the idea that like the storyline, uh, Donkey Kong has been captured. You're going to go save him. Uh, the music in that game is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite soundtracks to any video game. I again, like I said, I, I'll put it on like in the car ride. I'll I'll listen to that. Um, so good. I could play that game. I could pick it up at any point and just and go at it. Uh, and then we have uh, Donkey Kong Country Three, which had again it had the unfortunate, uh, I guess, circumstances of or the unfortunate luck of being released after the second one. And it's to me, it's a big disappointment. I, I do not like the third game at all. Uh, it it looks it looks so bland compared to Donkey Kong Country Two. 
I, I do not like Kitty Kong. I think that's a weird gimmick. Um, I, I love Dixie. Dixie's great. And it just seems easier. It seems like such an easy game. Like, like getting the DK coin is super simple. In Donkey Kong Country 2, like you have to go into certain areas and and you really have to um it's trial by error in some of them because like yeah, you have to fall down some pitfalls and they, oh well, there's a secret layer there, or not layer, a secret area. But for this one, it's like you start the game, you start the area, and then a little bit in, oh, there's the guy with the DK coin, hit him in the back with a barrel, you're good. It's it just wasn't and it's not as crisp to me. It it, it the environments don't stick out to you. I, I don't like the world map. It's very confusing. I, I I'm not sure where I need to go. Like I'm swimming around in a lake. I'm taking a boat. I'm taking a hovercraft. It's really weird. It, it it's to me it's such a huge departure from the series. And if like Mark, you mentioned how sometimes. Uh, Nintendo would take a big swing and a miss with its hardware. This game took a big swing and a miss with yeah. its departure from the first two Donkey Kong countries. Yeah, yeah. The uh, so the game this week, uh, Donkey Kong Country Three: Dixie Kong's uh, Double Trouble, was released on November first, nineteen ninety six. Made by Rare and Nintendo. Um, it comes from the or it comes at the point where I think everything had mainly moved on to the N64 um, at this point in terms of Nintendo's development. Um, so I think a lot of the th- things you point out might have been this was like the, the C team um, that made this game um, because the A team, with whatever your thoughts are on it, we're probably already trying to make DK64 um, okay. and working on that, I would imagine. Right, because I think point, N64 uh, probably came out at that point, right? 96? Yep, yep. it yeah. was like September, November 96. So it was like right around the same time. or may have even been 95 in Japan, um, Nintendo 64. But yeah, at this point, you would imagine the A team that made those first two great games were probably already working on the maligned DK64. Um, and this game just suffers from people that might have not really understood what made the first two games great. Um, and, um, as someone didn't play much of it, again, I got my, uh, Super Nintendo late. Um, so I didn't, um, I mainly played Zelda and Super Mario World and, you know, a handful of other, um, like classic games to this. I just, I really just played the first game, didn't play two until it came up on Wii for, you know, um, on the Wii shop. Uh, but those two games are fantastic, and they look different than anything else that was out at that time. Um, they play slightly different, having two characters that legitimately have two different types of movesets is something that Sonic tried to do in 2 and 3 and had its positive and negatives um, to that. Um, I think Rare nailed it with, with the first two games in terms of having the two characters complement each other um on there and i think that's where they missed the boat in three no pun mm-hmm. intended um is that i don't think kitty and dixie work well together i couldn't figure out what kitty kong's thing was yeah um, like what he didn't have a special move set right yeah i couldn't figure it out. if he did i couldn't figure it out because I, yeah in the first game you know uh diddy is really good at 
his role is really powerful, if I remember correctly. And Donkey Kong's really good at taking out like the armadillos and the bigger, tougher enemies. Yeah, um, it, so. uh, uh, Diddy is faster. Yeah, so like he can climb faster and run faster, and and yeah. Donkey Kong is just tougher. He's able yeah. to take out the big, yeah, the bigger enemies easier. Yeah, yeah, and then in the second one, Dixie Kong can fly and matches up with the speed of Diddy. Um, in this game, like I said, in this game, Dixie's still great. I was, I somehow, as you probably saw on stream, um, everybody listening out there, I finished every level, um, with just Kitty somehow. Like, I would use Dixie so much that she would be the one to die at the end of the level. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just became a funny thing by the end that I think I finished one level with Dixie actually still alive because she's the one to play with. Like, there's really no reason that I could find to play with Kitty. Um, and I thought my major disappointment in it came from someone that didn't really play the first two games a whole lot. Um, and maybe it just felt different. But hearing you have basically the same complaints, being a guy that probably put hundreds of hours into DK2 um, over your lifetime, uh, which seems like a lot, but if you add it up, it's just 20 years. It's like, you know, roughly five hours a year. Um, right. You yeah, know. I think that's probably you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't want to add up the hours for something <laughs> to the past for me, um, just because a lot of them are notated somewhere. Um, but yeah, it just felt off. I'm glad we played this instead of playing kind of like with the movies we choose for they call us a movie, you know, rather than playing one or two, um, playing three and just seeing the differences leads to a better discussion like we've had today. And, um, you know, the, the stuff we talked about, you know, in, in our topic. Um, yeah, I just thought it was disappointing. I didn't really want to go back to it at all. Um, after streaming it, I got my fill. That boss, they, it was, A, they don't tell you how to beat it. Um. Oh, is this the barrel? Yeah. Yeah. And B, it's so finicky to not kill the bugs. Because you have to break the barrel and then tip the bugs over. And then, like, you can only jump on them once. You jump on them twice, they die, and you got to wait for another barrel. And then at some point, you're like, fucked, because he won't spit out a barrel and just knock you off the edge. Mm-hmm. And it literally took me, like, I looked up on my phone during that stream. I was like, all right, how do you kill this guy? Oh, the bugs. Okay. <laughs> yeah, usually, because it would be, again, just the, the standard hit him on the head with yeah. a object or jumping on them, you know? So. Yeah. I, I think that was another issue I had with this. This game kind of just throws you into the mix. And I like, I don't know what was the whole story of Donkey Kong Country 3. Are Diddy and and Donkey kidnapped at this point? I, I if there was one, I did not see it. Yeah, I, I don't um, know. It just kind of opens up and you're like, oh, yeah, you're you're taking along this uh, this kid now. Yeah, they probably say something at some point and I skip past the dialogue. To be I must have too then. Um, but yeah, the, all, and this is a lot of things when I say, like, in some cases where things that frustrate me or are frustrating in general, sometimes like the simplest thing would make them not frustrating. Like yeah. this boss would have been like when you fall down the pit to him, have him eat a bug and burp and back up. Right. And then right. in your brain, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. That's what I have to do. Um, to knock him off the edge. No, you drop down, he spits a barrel at you, and you're like, uh, do I throw the barrel at him? 
that's what I first thought. I was like, oh, okay, I have to hit the barrel, stop it, and throw it. Yeah. Uh, and I got lucky because I jumped on the barrel, and then I, I hit the bug by accident, and I picked it up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I'm supposed to throw it at him. Yeah. And then it it it, it took me uh, – I mean, I, I figured it out in the first try, but it took me yeah. a few seconds to figure it out. I didn't understand what they wanted. Um, yeah, and also – you know, going back to Donkey Kong Country 2, where the theme of that game was pirates, right? It's it's Captain K. Rule, and all his underlings are pirate-based. And, you know, the, 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 the Kremlings have, like, peg legs, or they have eye patches on. Everything has that pirate motif to it. Here, there's nothing. It's just... The, and the, the Kremlings look worse in this game they they look like uh almost like putty in a way uh and, and it i don't know how you regress because but it makes sense now you're saying where the a team is most likely working on donkey kong country 64 so they're just like yeah throw something in there and who cares at this point we'll just it, it's it's crocodiles again remember them yeah yeah i would i would 100 guarantee a lot of things that i don't know personally but that this was the team, like this was leftover stuff, ideas that they just threw into a game together, um, or gave someone a shot and be like, "Hey, third game in this series, you go direct it." Um, I'd have to, I didn't look deep into it, um, you know, to see who exactly the director was on the rare side. Um, uh, so it was just, yeah, they just missed on all all points here. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a big disappointment. Again, I, I think if it comes, if Donkey Kong Country Two isn't as good as it is, this mo- this game probably just kind of it, it it's middling, and yeah. no one thinks twice about it. But no one talks about this game, and rightfully so. It's kind of it's the black sheep of the Donkey Kong Country series, and it's it's just yeah, it's forgotten. Yeah, and it's not like uh, Nintendo can't make uh, great third games. I mean. You could argue that the third game in the Mario series is either one or two amongst all the games. Right. Uh, you know, and this one, like you said, no one talks about this one. Nope. You know, and it fell in through the cracks of, as they were gearing up for another system. And yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's much else to say about it. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I think as a whole, I, I would love to see a remastered Donkey Kong Country trilogy i i know that they have uh they've in, in the past few years they had like donkey kong country tropical freeze and and that but i would love for them to because we're in the the era of remakes now right Every, they're remaking a lot of these um classic games i would love to see a remake of the first two games i think that would be a lot of fun yeah i think the closest you'll get is mainly you know the company mm-hmm. um now being with microsoft Okay. Um, you know, it could be. I mean, you never know. They companies have done it in the past. They own the IP. They can do what they want with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. But, again, it's probably uh, pipe dreaming. But yeah. You know, that's. I, I have nothing to say about Donkey Kong Country Three. I, I. I probably won't go back to that. Uh, but I will play the first two again. And I. I was thinking about. Um, uh, Jen has been trying to get me to stream Donkey Kong Country Two for the longest time. And I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do a hundred percent run on it and, uh, and, uh, just have some fun there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what was your final score for it? 
Ooh, we do final scores on this. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, out, of five. out of five. Okay. Uh, that makes it easier. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, I was going to go two and a half, um, which I always do the math and say that's a five out of ten. So, okay. <laughs> you know, um, it's a pretty bad game. Um, but it's still, it's pushing in terms of graphics wise, even the dullness of it. Some of the stuff it does is pushing the Super NES, as, you know, as far as it can go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it fails on everything with the predecessor before it. And, yep. you know, two and a half at best. Uh, so with that being said, um, let's uh, go to uh, spin the wheel here. Oh, so this week's game, um, speaking of games um, uh, that my uh, cousin owned, um, is the Konami classic Jackal. Um, For those of you out there, Jackal is like an overhead like shooter game where you're like these two Jeeps going around rescuing POWs and destroying uh, uh, bosses that just keep growing in size. Like, you start out with, uh, first you battle a tank, and then it's like a battleship, and it just keeps going up um, as you go, and you're just these two Jeeps um, going around. You get uh, grenades to start um, as your special weapon, and you can upgrade those to missiles. Um, it's two-player, but you can play as one um, co-op game. I played this ridiculously amount as a child, um, so I'm, I'm going to be happy to stream it for you all tonight. Um, so we we'll get to check it out. Um, if you want to see a full playthrough, there's probably plenty on YouTube. Giant Bomb has one and all. It's not a long game. Um, I probably won't beat it. Um, I probably definitely will not beat it solo um, on the stream. But it's a fun game to play with your friends. Um, Dan, do you have any knowledge or experience with the game Jackal? I can't say that I do. Uh, this is the first time hearing about it. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And it sounds like you you will at least. Yeah. Sorry, had to cough. Um, That's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this game um, wiped the bad taste of, of Don um, out of the, the Game Vault pod spear here. <laughs> we'll get rid of it. Um, so yeah, so join us this evening as we play um, as much Jackal as I can play. Um, um, obviously, there's no way to play a two-player because I'm not going to set up those random back channels mm. that you can do in emulators um, to net play it with someone else. Um, so we'll see how far I can get and have some fun, talk about some old, uh, weird uh, Konami games for um, the NES. And this is a Konami game, not an Ultra game, which is also a Konami game. Um, but um, weird fun fact, um, Nintendo limited the amount of games publishers could release on the system. Um, so Konami went and made a whole other studio called Ultra Games that released games developed by Capcom, uh, by Konami. Um, and so... Um, yeah, yeah, weird NES history. I believe the video game is uh, the gaming historian has a story about that uh, or a video about that. If you want to look it up on YouTube, but um, yeah, so we'll be playing Jackal tonight. Um, and then uh, we'll be streaming on Wednesday. Um, me and Jonathan, um, probably playing Tiny Teenies Wonderworlds again, Wonderworld Wonderlands again. Um, and then on Thursday, I will uh, start up a new randomizer. Um, and if I can't beat it in three hours, then I just finish it off in a day or two just to end it. Um, but I am trying to get it under three. I think I should be pretty close. 
Um, this one I'm currently doing now, if I would have went to the uh, location where the main item I'm missing was first instead of the other place I went, I would have cut like 20 minutes off my time. So those are the decisions that happen in those games that I'm going to learn. And you'll be along for the ride. Um, yeah, so uh, for Dan, um, I am Mark, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye!